0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I am your host, Patrick Grimion, otherwise known as Patty G. You are listening to the Patty G Show, where I bring on local guests to talk about their specific business or businesses, as well as the entrepreneurial scene of Baton Rouge and surrounding areas. We also get down and dirty to look at the fine print of their journeys thus far. We share some of the greatest of times that they've had in developing their businesses but we also take a look at those dark times, those bad times in their businesses where they learn some very invaluable lessons. So if you enjoy learning from business leaders or you want to start helping make an impact in your community, this is the show for you. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the latest episode of the Patty G Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G. I have Rich, founder of Weight Rage Works with me. He is out in New York. This is kind of a special episode. We kind of tend to more focus on the Baton Rouge side of things, but Rich reached out to me through Instagram and we got connected. And he has a really great story that I want to be, I want to share on the show. And I think some people will really provide, or people will really get a lot of insight and value from his story and kind of see two different cultures and experience what they're like from both sides, you know, outside looking in and inside looking out. So Rich, thank you so very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. Um, tell us a little bit about your backstory and where you kind of came from and how you got started.
1: All right. Um, so as as you said at the start, you know, I'm the, the founder of Rageworks. And the, the funny thing is that, you know, my journey didn't even start with Rageworks. It started with one podcast way back in 2006 and um that was my first podcast which was my take radio and basically this was when podcasting first burst on the scene via itunes and it started getting mainstream and as a result i started just listening to a bunch of podcasts and you know interacting with a lot of different personalities and they you know you become a a, a household guest so to speak and they'll ask you hey you want to come on the show and next thing you know i did a few episodes you you know as a as an assistant you know helping them out giving them content and then we decided pretty much shortly after that a couple of people reached out and they're like you know you really should do a podcast and i'm like no 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 not my thing <laughs> and um uh, another friend of mine um a guy from canada he's like listen i want to do this podcast and you know, I'd love to have you on board to do some episodes. And I said, yeah, sure. I did a few episodes with him and I left it alone and the bug was just there. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just decide to do it. So one Logitech headset later and we were off to the races. And, um, what I ended up doing was just doing a podcast covering the stuff I was into basically like my take radio was, you know, the name implied my take on, you know, video games, entertainment, uh, pro wrestling and mixed martial arts and pretty much i did that for 400 episodes but what happened was as i did it i got burned out and i stopped doing the show you know you pod fade and then in 2009 somebody shared a service with me called blog talk radio now blog talk radio for those that don't know is another platform to podcast but the beauty of it is that you do your shows live and in addition to doing your shows live you can actually take listener calls. So I said to myself, yeah. "Man, this is a, a a huge dynamic, a big shift, and it eliminates the whole I'm going to talk into a microphone by myself for hours on end." So I decided to build a WordPress website, very rudimentary, and sign up for Block Talk Radio, relaunch the show in a live format, and basically I would uh, do a live show from 11 p.m. Eastern till 2 a.m. And I brought a buddy of mine in who was a moderator on MySpace to, cause one of the beauties of this service is that you can screen calls. So it's full on like a radio show. You can have a person screen the calls and they can actually send you chat messages, tell you what the person on the line wants to discuss. Very, very cool. Sound quality leaves a lot to be desired, but over the years it's improved and it's continuously gotten better, but nonetheless did a live format from 2009 on. And that's when it got real crazy um, started to not only do the shows, but also go and cover events that were relative to what we were into. So, you know, I'd go to wrestling events, cover wrestling events, cover New York Comic Con, all this stuff, and continue to create podcast content. Down the road, decided to also integrate live video. So I was doing live video while doing the live show with a full chat and calls from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m., and after we finished the show, I would then edit the show to put it out within hours after we finished airing. So figure 2 a.m. We finished editing would take about two hours. So figure by 5 a.m. That show would go live. I would go to bed and then wake up to go to work a few hours later. Oh, goodness. I mean,
0: how many hours of sleep are you operating off? At I, that point in time?
1: I, I was usually operating around four hours of sleep, give or take. And, um, you know, we did that for, for so long and the, my take radio site became an extension of the podcast. So we started covering all of that stuff on the website, doing movie reviews and video game reviews and breaking news and all the stuff. And little by little people started coming in as writers and what ended up happening was that the content we were generating on the site and everything else it had essentially outgrown what the podcast was like. It's like, all right, well, you're going to go and and do my take radio. But what's really happening is you have to, especially as a podcaster, you know, people are like, Oh, so what's your podcast about? And then you have to give, you know, the 32nd pitch on what your podcast is. And, it became more and more difficult to kind of shrink it down to explain it to people because they're like, Oh, so you're a web show. And I'm like, yeah, but you also have a website. I'm like, yeah. And it just, (laughs) it would just snowball out of control to the point where I said, you know what? I have to create a brand that encompasses this because that way the podcast could remain the podcast and the brand would be, you know, everything, everything else. So we ended up going with, with Rageworks, which is actually an acronym. It's actually Rant and Reviews about Gaming, Entertainment, and the Works. So, wow. so and it, it yeah, so the origin of that came from just me doing the show and, you know, just very New York, very uncensored. So there was like, <laughs> oh, there he goes, raging about this or, you know, raging about that. And I'm like, huh. And then as I thought about it, I'm sitting here one night just trying to put together a brand name and whatever. And I'm like, huh. And I and I wrote it down and I looked at it. And I'm like, well, yeah, that pretty much encompasses exactly what we do. Because, you know, it's the old like in the old days when you wanted a pizza with everything on it, you'd ask for the works. So that that pretty much was a catch all for everything else that we cover. So the gaming is there. Um, the entertainment is there, and then everything else falls under the works, you know, and, and the reviews and, and rants could be anything else. It could be the podcast side or the written side. And that's pretty much how we, how Rageworks was born. And then the first show under the Rageworks umbrella remained My Take Radio. And, um, we fast forward a little bit just to give you the condensed version. Uh, a lot of the guys that were writing for the site, they would guest on the show, they would call, they would call in contribute to segments etc and by accident they got the podcast bug and they were like you know i want to do a podcast and i'm like all right this is what you do yada 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 get them set up and they were off to the races and then one day i said you know why don't we just why don't i just help you guys have all the shows we put them under the RageWorks umbrella and we go from there so my take radio turned into the RageWorks podcast network and All of the writers that had shows, their shows were under that umbrella. My Take Radio remained the flagship show. And then we reached episode 400 of My Take Radio. And I just reached a point where, you know, I'm a firm believer that if it stops being fun, you got to stop doing it because the energy, the vibe, everything that's a part of who you are for that product is not going to be there and people are going to notice. And what happened was as I was doing the shows, it just became more and more labor intensive to do the edits, especially with live shows. And on top of that, the video plus, you know, I had uh, my fiance at the time and it's like anything else. I'm like, this is eating up way too much time. So I ended up splitting the broadcast into two days. So Wednesday would be MMA and wrestling and the show would I'd keep it to 90 minutes, an hour or 90 minutes tops. And then gaming and entertainment would be Thursday. And that kind of made things easier. But again, it just didn't, it didn't soften the urge to, to keep going. And I said, you know what? 400 is a nice number, hell of a milestone. And I hung it up at 400 and then I've been running the, the podcast network since with, uh, now I believe now we're at five shows on the network and, um, just running rage day to day while, you know, just doing my nine to five job and everything else.
0: Wow. So you you essentially created like this radio station online that kind of just blew up over the course of the years.
1: Right. What what, What happened was I just started leveraging all these other items into different things where the podcast was the foundation to create Rageworks. Rageworks was the foundation to create the network and the network has been the foundation to expand just the Rageworks brand as a whole because what it allows me to do is a lot of my colleagues who have shows on the network, like they don't want to sit there and learn about audio gain and all this and all that. So what they do is they record their shows. They send me the audio. I make it sound nice and I post it and it gets distributed. You know, we have one feed for the network with all the shows within one feed. And then I set up all the individual shows on the network. So everybody shows are distributed. On all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, the works. So everybody's covered, and it just works. Everybody sends me their shows. It, it, it. I've been doing this for so long that editing is becoming easier and easier. And a lot of times, I don't do a lot of editing because I'm a firm believer that you want to kind of keep a little bit of that underground sound of podcasting. Like if you try and make it too pretty, like it 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 takes away the realism of it.
0: You know, right. Right. 100 percent. Whenever you whenever you start spending so much time editing and you shorten out the pauses that people make within their statements and you don't get the chance to really feel like you're listening to a conversation, you get the, you feel like you're listening to a production of like a professionally tailored, you know, network or show that you don't get that just that raw, intimate feeling that you would have if you don't edit it so much. And right. you just let, you know, the the, the gaps of time flow and you let the fumbles and the mumbles just grow with the show. I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big part of how, how I personally like to edit. I will, I will, you know, add an asterisk to that in the sense that if you're doing, you know, true crime or you're doing, uh, short stories or things of that nature, then absolutely in that case, you want, you don't want, uh, you know, crutch words, uh, changes in cadence, things like that, too, to impact your production. But, but that becomes 100%. a question. Yeah, that becomes a question again of what, what, who your ideal audience is and what type of content you're trying to create.
0: Right. When you've got a podcast like Serial, yep. you want something that's super polished and super clean. Hundred percent. When you've got a show that you're bringing guests on and y'all are just having conversations and you're, you know, you're chatting about certain things, you just kind of want that to just freely flow. Absolutely. Okay so where where exactly are you from and what did you, where did you grow up where in the the great state of New York
1: I was born in the, you know the there's New York state and New York City New York City is comprised of five boroughs um for those that don't know and um you'd be you'd be surprised especially because with podcasting now people all over the world listen so when when you tell someone you're from New York the only thing they think of is Times Square Statue of Liberty and all of the above but There's, there's so many more, there's so many more layers to it. So, uh, New York city, five boroughs. Um, I was born in the Bronx and then I moved later on to the borough of Queens. So again, for those that aren't initiated, if you're born in the Bronx, that's where the Yankees play. So (laughs) the term, the Bronx (laughs) bombers comes from that and, um, you move to Queens and the Queens team is the Mets and the rest is history <laughs> with regards to that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole when it comes to New York sports, but that's, that's the way it's broken up. And then of course, Brooklyn is its own, it has its own story And Manhattan, which is pretty much what they like to call the center of the world. Um, just because it's, there's always something going on is pretty much the, the, the backbone of things. And then obviously there's other areas of New York that, that you can go into as well. But I was like I said, born in the Bronx and uh, currently live in Queens.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, I I get the, uh, I I can relate to that. Whenever somebody says you know New York, they think of you know the Big Apple and Times Square and everything. Yep. And then when they think of you know Louisiana, they think of Mardi Gras in a a piro with my shrimp boots on or something like that. When I think of Louisiana, I
1: think of Mardi Gras and gumbo.
0: Well, the gumbo is very, very true. Anybody yep. that talks Louisiana, you know it's gumbo, and it's gumbo season now, so that's you even go. better. There you go. Okay, so what you, – you're doing a lot. I mean you're doing a lot within podcasting world. I mean you're hosting so many shows. It's unc- I was just scrolling through your website earlier this afternoon, and there's so much going on over there. What, what, what kind of kid were you that – ended up with this you know this massive network like what were you like very adventurous were you you know to yourself no my
1: it, it my, my story is interesting only because um you know i was adopted so um funny thing was my my mother didn't officially adopt me until a week before she passed away so no i would yeah and so i essentially got adopted at like 19 which was uh which was interesting but the thing about it is that you know, when you're when when I was growing up, it was, you know, my my mom just worked to ensure we had a uh, just a, a good life as as good as can be. You know, the Bronx in the 80s was the height of the crack epidemic uh, in the Bronx. So, you know, it was the, the parents had to work double time to make sure that their kids weren't taken by the streets or didn't become part of the streets. So uh, my mom was, you know, she was tough. She instilled a a hard work ethic in me and, um, you know, she, she ended up using her work ethic to raise, she ended up becoming a career foster parent, raising a bunch of kids over the course of time. Uh, she ended up adopting my two sisters, you know, years, you know, many years into her career and she continued pretty much taking care of, um, special needs children all the way till she passed. And, um, when she, when she passed away, I, I took, I took on the guardianship for my two sisters who are, who both have special needs. And, um, that's pretty much been the backbone, I guess, of who I am. You know, just duty, um, uh, sense of purpose, I guess. I guess it's all purpose driven and just bringing value in the sense that I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in paying it forward. You know, like my mom did that for me. So she passed away. I, it's not throwing the towel and good luck, everybody, you know, it's paying it forward and continuing, not obviously to do what she's doing because I could, you know, I couldn't become like a career foster parent. Like that's not my thing. I just had actually my first child. So it's, It's it's interesting just because when my daughter was born, I kind of I would joke around that I'm like I feel like I'm a ringer just because I've been raising kids for so long, so I kind (laughs) of know all the tricks. So there's there's no there's no learning curve for me. There is the 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 only learning curve for me was just you know my wife being pregnant like that was all new. But like diapers, kids crying at two a.m. like none of that mattered. Number one because I don't sleep, so I was used to that. Number two, you know, just. You you grow up hearing that over the years, you you learn all the tips to, to pretty much work around that.
0: Wow, that's 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 incredible. That's it I like hearing stories like that that's so different and I say different, but not not the norm. Nope. You know, and that I think that gives so much more inspiration to people when they hear it that, you know, regardless of your position, regardless of what it is that you've been thrown in life, there's always a way that you can still accomplish something great, even if you think you can't.
1: Absolutely. at the At the end of the day, we you you get a certain hand that you're dealt, but that doesn't mean that you can't change the cards in that hand. Absolutely. That's, That's that's the way I look at it. And at the end of the day, you know, went through went through school, went through college. I was actually going to college to major in criminal justice when my mother got sick. I dropped out of college, and there was always that that necessity to to continue to learn and to teach myself. So. All the, you know, all the podcasting stuff was self-taught, you know, the root, the, the video editing, everything, all self-taught, just reading and consuming content. And at the end of the day, I always tell people, I'm like, listen, in 1988, 1998, 2008, you know, 2028, the fact is that the level of skills that you can acquire and and the work that it takes to acquire them has gotten substantially easier. Like back in the day if you didn't have a trade or you didn't go to college that you know you'd be mopping floors which again not that's not the 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 worst thing in the world but now it's like you could sell, sell stuff on eBay you could sell stuff on Craigslist you can be a virtual assistant there's so many ways to make money that when people sit there and go oh you know I wish I could make an extra 500 bucks I wish I could make an extra and it's like there are plenty of ways to do it
0: absolutely you're not you're only limited by a your work ethic and b your imagination for ways to make money nowadays
1: 110% and I, just, I had
0: i had a guy on the show charles he's he was on the last episode of the show and we had that you know a similar discussion in the fact that his uh, his business is selling pumps online yep. and he saw the, the fact that the people who are moving into the directions to have this purchasing power are actually the, his same generation and the fact that they want to do everything online. So 100%. he was able to realize people in the position to purchase these specific industrial pumps are getting older and starting to retire. So who's getting in their place? Well, yep. people like me who do everything online. I mean, growing up, our our books were Google. You know, we would always, oh, what's the, what's the answer to this question? Oh, we get out and we Google it.
1: That's right. And so
0: times have just so far adapted and technology has advanced so far that – anyone can make money on the side or even full-time if they just take the time to learn and educate themselves rather than sit around and say, you know, things just aren't going my way. and Maybe one day they will.
1: Yep. If you sit, if you sit there waiting, waiting for that golden moment, it's going to pass you by because at the end of the day, you got to just make those moments yourself. I think, 100%. you know, I, you know, it's funny cause we, we connected through a, um, through a, a post that D did on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the funny thing is that I met Gary and my interaction with him almost made me kill Rageworks. Really? Yep. So, you know, it's, it's funny how on one side of the coin that almost happened, but the community and, you know, the, the, like I said, the following of his content still to a point obviously has us sitting here having a conversation on a, on a, on a Thursday evening, you know,
0: exactly. To from, from opposite sides of the country. Yep. So what, what, what was that experience like? And what, what exactly did he say or do to make you think that you wanted to end up, you know, quitting RageWorks?
1: Oh man. Um, so I figure what two years ago, about two and a half years ago now, um, gary got on my radar and i i started to consume his content and i'm like man you know this guy he kind of he tells it like it is i get that vibe you know i was similar to a point but i still had like certain things about him that i'm like yeah you know this guy's talking about all this money he made and blah 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 and this and this and this and he's forcing all of this and i'd say to myself but at the end of the day he still had a bit of a I don't want to say he had a bit of a cushion, but my, my whole philosophy when I looked at him in the beginning was that I said, I'm like, listen, your dad built that business. Your work ethic took that business to the next level. But the, the starving, the hard work, the 12 hour days, all this stuff that was your old man, that wasn't you, Mm -hmm. you know, like you chose the path that you chose because you had an unconventional mind. And it took you to that next level. But at the end of the day, you weren't the one living in, 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 you know, above, above the poverty line. Like, you know, your dad was the one that was out there working and he created a business. He brought you into the business. Again, this is going back to what I was saying before, old school trades, you know, you work with your dad mm-hmm. and then you're the, the end game is you take over your dad's business. That's, a, that's a tale as old as time. So, <laughs>
0: exactly. especially like he always talks about, especially for the immigrant families that exactly. come in the parents start the business and the kids follow right on through.
1: Yep. They follow right on through. You can watch anything. You can watch any reality show, any episode of like Guy Fieri's diners drives and you know, those triple D episodes. And he'll be like, yeah, you know, my dad started it. And then I started working with my dad in high school. And then my dad retired. And then I took, you know, and my, I got married and my kids helped me on the weekends. And before you know it, it's a, it's a diner that's been in, you know, business in the family for the last hundred years. So, My, my whole thing is that, you know, I didn't discount his work ethic. I just always said to myself that your, your successes and your wins have an asterisk, you know? So as, as time went on, you know, the, the, the guy, the guy was like a fungus, you know, he grew, he grew on me. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm vibing with the dude. And I started like consuming a little bit more of his stuff, reading his, his books or whatever, and I appreciated a lot of the realness, especially being a, a fellow New Yorker. I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, this guy keeps it super real. And, um, I remember he was mo- remodeling VaynerMedia. Media. And I remember he, somebody had put something about Pops and that he wanted, um, figures of Bruce, uh, not Bruce Lee, of Daniel San and Mr. Miyagi. And oddly enough, I'm like, oh, I, I can actually get those. So I remember I messaged, I think it was Tyler at the time and he was like oh yeah blah 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 and i'm like hey man you know let me uh send me an address i'll send them over you know no no charge you know to the." and i i didn't want nothing from it but it was just cool you know so he emailed me a photo and it was like gary holding it and he was like hey man you know thanks and the the show after that we ended up usually every fall i cover new york city does what they call the photo plus expo which is essentially kind of like CES or these trade shows, but it's all for photographers and stuff. And the reason I like to cover it is number one, because I'm always looking for, for, I love gear. I love gadgets. So I like, and I, it's also content for the site. So I always go look at the newest cameras, stuff like that, that I can also uh, roll into some of the work we do here. And right. the last, the, I said to myself, I'm only going to do one day because it's a three day event. And I'm like, you know, my feet are going to hurt by day one. So before I left, the person who gave out the press passes was like oh, are you coming back tomorrow I'm like yeah i don't know i'm like why is anything big happening tomorrow and he's like i don't know man everybody's kind of been asking about some panel with some guy gary vay gary v something and i'm like gary v's here tomorrow <laughs> and the guy's like yeah he's here with this guy chase jarvis and i'm like really and he's like "Yeah, you know i don't know and i'm like can you give me the info and he was like yeah they're doing a panel whatever so oddly enough i um when Gary had put out some sweatshirts, I ended up buying like a sweatshirt that just said hustle on it. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to meet the dude, you know, shake his hand, say thanks for everything. So I went, came the next day, got on this long line, went into the auditorium and, um, he came in with D Rock and he's like, Hey, you know, I could do some photos. I walked over. He's like, nice sweatshirt. I'm like, Yeah, you know, this guy that, you know, is uh, pretty smart actually. Recommended I pick it up. So we had a good laugh. We took a photo, me, me, him and Chase Jarvis. I went back to my seat. So I always knew that based on his previous shows, Gary does a Q and A. And I said, man, if he does a Q and A, I want to ask him a question about like what I'm doing just to see if he has any advice for me. And what I ended up doing was I, I, there was like a column. You know how sometimes you're in these auditoriums and there's pillars that you could lean against. Mm -hmm. So I decided to stand and lean against the pillar. So. I, you know, you could see me anywhere in the room if you because you're like, why is this this guy the only guy standing? And I said, right. I, you know, he, he they took three people, two people went up, they shared their stories. I raised my hand. I was the third.
2: Yes, let's welcome Richard to the stage. Yeah.
1: Thank guys thank you guys for picking me. Appreciate it, Gary. I've been doing the patience thing. I've been podcasting for eleven years. Content creating. Uh, a lot of sleepless nights haven't made a dime and the thing is it's like you know i want to support my family keep a nine to five of course and i've been doing it you know posting on instagram in between my lunch breaks writing posts from my site on my phone etc yep. etc cetera, et cetera. but what do you want to
3: happen let's start there what's making it for you
1: all i want to do is review products write about video games and podcasts and get paid
3: and get paid how much have you reached out to ask people for money for doing it
1: I've been reaching out here us let's, let's be
3: really honest here, because let's take advantage of this moment. Yep. How many hours in the last 11 years, and I'm asking you, hours, mm-hmm. have you spent emailing Activision, emailing Sony, emailing and saying, I would like you to pay me to review this product?
1: At least 50. Hours? Yeah. In 11 years? Probably a little more than that. Okay. Give or take. And you've gotten mainly no's? Some yeses, but not consistent, and that's where the
3: the problem comes from. It's, you know, playing the long game, playing yeah, the patient. Have you, you had a lot it, of the free
1: content, yeah, yep. giving it all. And Richard,
3: me. and real quick for everybody, there's unlimited stories like this. It comes down to two variables. Either A, you're not good enough right. that the market wants to pay, because there's a lot of reviews, which hurts. Yep. Or B, which has been stunningly often, you're not the person that should be the business person, you should be the creative. Right. What runs through my mind is, in your circle of life, is there some homie that could be your 50% business partner where she or he may spend all the time trying to monetize the creative and 50 cents of a million is a hell of a lot better than zero of zero.
1: One is better than right. zero. Like, that's you know, right, that's right. True, but no, I, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, I have people that have been helping me on the site for years. Yep. You know, I built a podcast network from it, doing shows for other guys, you know, yep. other people that are on there giving other people opportunities, you know. the, the Have you the charged
3: top. them? Maybe you're a platform that springs other talent instead of being the talent. Yeah, I haven't Maybe I haven't, you're a B 2 B business instead of a B 2 C business.
1: Yeah, I haven't I haven't charged them just because I was giving people opportunities. You they know, sure. started writing, they're like, Hey, I want to do the podcast thing like you. I gave them the opportunity. You know, we got have
3: any of them gone off and done real things? Oh, no, they're
1: still they're still grinding alongside me. You know, yep. some guys hit hundred shows already, yep. two hundred shows, five hundred shows. Yep. But that's the thing. It's like I kind of feel like I'm spinning so, my the wheels so, a little bit.
3: So if nobody was here mm-hmm. and you were with yourself in the mirror, and it was that moment to say, Why hasn't it happened? What would be the answer? for real don't bullshit me
1: i think it's just spreading myself too thin
2: okay more so than anything so stop know? doing that have you tried
3: doing no no hold it? It, chase i apologize yeah.
2: keep going uh-huh.
1: you just like being spread thin no, no it's not it's not a question of it's by choice it's because it it's kind of forced everything's by choice brother Well, you i mean have, I, i'll give you personal context please I'll explain um I've been raising my two sisters. They're both handicapped. Yes. I've been doing it for the last 17 years. Yes. Uh, both of them are special needs. Yes. So you know doing that job, That's 9 real. to 5 job, yep. being a husband, yep. you know doing all that plus yep. trying to grow a business. Yep. Spreading yourself thin. You know you I work 40-hour work week. Yep. My wife spends most time sleeping by herself because yep. I'm downstairs doing the grind. Yep. Wake up at go to bed at 5 yep. a.m., wake up at 9 a.m., go to work. Work till seven o'clock, Richard. That's Richard, what I mean. Listen, this is
3: not fun for me to say, Go ahead. but I, I want did. you to win. Appreciate it. There's a very fine line between perseverance and delusion. Right. It's very thin. Eleven years and your circumstance. There. First of all, you, it sounds like you, you can even tell you like what you're doing. I love what I do. Right. You might just have to settle into that because when I am auditing this, and I don't know everything, right? But even on quick intuition you might be better off making money in some other way that you're not seeing, but there's a love to the consumer-facing output that you're making that you may want to not let go of. You might be able to make 80K at a B2B business on what you're doing, because it seems like you have a lot of experience, and you could easily, pretty quickly, start charging people $500 a month, teaching them 11 years of experience, that's super valuable, times 80 people, it starts becoming a real business, you just might like the thrill of putting out an output into the world, I think you're putting your talent in the wrong place. I have a funny feeling, you know my flip challenge, I have a funny feeling you'll make way more money if you wake up at 6 a.m. on weekends and go in garage sale and flea market and Goodwill stores and buy underpriced equipment in this industry and flip it because you actually know the value of all this shit. Like, you're gonna have to make a choice between happiness and dollars because 11 years of data are staring you in the face saying what you're doing isn't working. And so you've got to decide if you're not going to be the personal brand, like, what do you want to do now? Do you want to accept it because the love is so awesome? Or do you want to transfer the skills and the knowledge into something that's a more monetizable reality? Okay. And that's up to you. There's no right answer. Maybe those nights are a lot of fun.
2: I, I find people that trip up on three things. One of three things, I'm, I'm borrowing from a friend, Tony Robbins. So state, story, and strategy. You usually are effed up on one of these three things, mostly... I find it's a state. If you can't have control your state of mind, if you're not healthy, taking care of yourself in a good spot, it's very, very hard for yourself to, to tell yourself a good story. Because this is required. I'm good enough. I'm enough as who I am right now to go out there and put the work I'm valuable. Um, I can do this. These are stories. And if your story is like, this is impossible, I'll never get there, then you go back to state. Fix the state first. Because you have to have a good state. Tell yourself a good story. When you get the story part figured out, then it's strategy. I hear you oscillating a little bit between story and strategy because I hear a little bit of like, I want to do this 11 years, bro. Yeah. Is a lot, a lot, uh, was it Nicole who was just up here? Six months and she's getting impatient. You've been doing it 11 years, Yeah. okay? You know, I love that, I love that. It tells me you've no, got a pretty good state. Your story is good, It's not. It's, it's a little bit flimsy because it's been 11 years now. What I hear you not innovating on is your strategy. You're trying to do the same thing and what Gary's telling you is how can I make money? Is it here, is it here, is it here? Am I charging people for my MCM? Am I reselling the gear? How can I make the living or the life or at first just some money in that world? It seems like you've been doing the same thing, and yeah, that's, money, you know, The
1: money's there, it's been small. Like I said, just small that, here and real there. Real quick, Richard. Don't buy that means
3: the money's not there. Right,
2: that means
1: it's it's not, not. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not so, it's small. small so, money for start, 11 start years. With <laughs> start with
3: that, start with yeah. that. The money's there, but it's small. No, it's not, the money's not there. To the satisfaction that you want. Some people want 50,000 a year, some want 5 million. The money's not there, and that's okay. Listen, being an entrepreneur right now has tricked everybody. It feels like anybody can do it. Yep. It's super cool, it's super hard. To build learning. a successful business. Yep. Absolutely. It's super hard. It's an actual skill. Like, the end.
1: You know, I walked out and I was just, no, no pun intended, I, you know, or excuse my language, I felt like shit. You know? I was right. like, I was <laughs> well, like. That,
0: that tends to happen when somebody tells you everything you're doing is for nothing. Yeah. So, 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 you know,
1: yeah Yeah. That, well, that's part of it. And then you think about it. You've been doing this for so long. You know, myself or whoever is in that situation. And you're just like, damn, have I wasted my time? And then as I'm thinking about it, I'm getting ready to, I didn't even stay the rest of the day at the, at the convention and I'm walking out and I'm saying to myself, man, maybe, maybe I should just, maybe I should just pull the plug. So I walk out, I call my wife. She was like, oh, how'd it go? And she, you know, I was like, eh, it kind of sucked. And she was like, why? And, you know, I told her what he said and she goes, listen everybody's road she said to me she goes everybody gets to where they're going to get to in their own way his way was you know doing it the way he did it maybe your way is different maybe your way isn't that way maybe maybe you you use part of his advice or maybe you don't but she was like but don't don't kill what you work so hard to create because some guy that that you know that that talks of she was like you know that talks shit on the internet um told you wasn't the right way to do things because she was like you know and she said she goes you know he didn't exactly ha- do things the way you're supposed to do them either and look where he's at now so you know it kind of just sunk in and I ended up just that you know I came home whatever we hung out next day I kind of just felt like I had a moment of clarity I said you know what I need to stop looking at this business or what I'm doing as the you know the golden ticket the way to get out of you know the doldrums of life i need to just keep doing it and as long as i'm enjoying it that's the price tag that i that that i'm willing to accept and the minute i kind of came to that realization i stopped worrying about how many social media followers i had how many uploads on youtube i had how many people visited the site hell i stopped even caring about the downloads i said do i enjoy this still yes or no which goes back to what I said before, like when I reached 400 episodes, it stopped being fun. So yeah. I said, that's the end of the, the show. And I just took that and I paid it forward by giving all the guys on the, on the site that were writing and doing podcasts, the opportunity to host their own shows. And, um, like I said, that interaction almost, you know, like I said, I literally was going to come home and delete my, my WordPress file for the site and just close it down. Like that's where I was. Like I'm on the train and I'm like, all right, I gotta decommission this and deactivate this and this. Like I legit had it in my head. Jeez, the train already, ride home. You already
0: started going through all the steps when you ride home of how you were gonna start shutting this thing down.
1: Yeah, like I already, I had already. So then I got home, and one of the guys that did their their podcast, you know, he sent me the podcast edit. I listened to it, and um, as I'm listening to the edit, the guy, his his name is Jay. He says, he goes, yeah, man, you know. Uh, big ups to to rich for you know taking the chance on us and letting us do the show our way and not censoring us and letting us just be and i was like well damn i guess i am doing something right and that just like little things like that those you know small victories started to kind of just add up and and i said you know what maybe maybe that's the way i got to look at it maybe i don't need to Make an arm and a leg. Maybe I I don't need this to be my full time job. Would I love it to be my full time job? No, no joke. Uh, I definitely would. I'm sure you would love to do this round the clock as well. You know, absolutely. It's, so it it comes
0: down to not necessarily can I do this and make so so much money about it. Is can I do this and will I enjoy doing yep. it? Yep.
1: So uh, to, to add to that story, um. After that event happened, I didn't think anything of it. I wake up, I don't know, six months, eight months later and just see like my inbox full of emails and like DMs and tweets. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, did something I write go viral? Did something I record finally, finally click? And it's like, and it's like, yo, man, I heard you on Gary Vee. I'm like, what do you mean you heard me on Gary V? That was like X amount of time ago. So I go. And I look on, you know, my YouTube subscriptions and I had subscribed to his channel and it was like, oh, the Internet, blah, blah, blah. And it was the Daily V. He made a Daily V episode out of that panel with Chase. And I was oh, wow. just like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the first thing that went through my mind. Because then, of course, you know, all that self-doubt, all those things creeped in because now you have hundreds and millions of people that consume his content hearing my story so next thing you know i make the 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 mistake i tell people all the time that they should avoid and that's read the comments on youtube <laughs> so for the most part it was all fairly positive and what i did taking a page out of his book i re- i responded to everyone Every comment in that video, I, I, you know, people were like, ah, this and this and this. Some people had questions. Some people wanted to, to get in touch, whatever. So I answered every email, every DM, every tweet. How long did it take you to do? Uh, it took me about a day and a half to get through, to get through everything. Just, just cherry picking and, and dumping and, and even the negative stuff. Like, like, you know, I'm, like, I'm a New York dude and, you know, I, I, I like my streetwear and people are like, oh man, like, like that guy, like that guy, why is his sweatshirt so big? Like all kinds of just nonsense. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh my God, you know? So then once that, once I was done with that, everything went about business as usual. So last year, well, not last year, this year, but early this year, my inbox got flooded again. And I go, what the hell's going on? So it turns out somebody took that video and repurposed it for their channel. Yeah. So it just created a new floodgate of people asking questions, this, that, and the other. And, um, the YouTube comments this time, definitely not as nice. <laughs> Infinite, <laughs> infinitely worse this time, but whatever. I went and I acknowledged all of them and I, and I also preface, I'm like, listen, this video is roughly now two years old since I had this conversation with Gary. Uh, you know, things are a lot different. I'm not. I'm not, um, married to, like, I'm not married to chasing success, to chasing clout, whatever. Like, if my business, how I present myself, the brand, everything we do, if it's meant to blow up, it's gonna blow up based on the merits of how I do things and how people consume my content. And either it resonates with people or it doesn't. It's like, listen, I'm not here to sell you. I'm not here to sell you to visit the site or, download the podcast to hear my nonsense. It's like, listen, if there's something about me that connects with you, then good luck. If there's not, then keep it moving, you know?
0: Absolutely. And that's, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, looking internally and saying, is this something I want to do regardless as to if anybody listens or responds to it? Yep. Gosh. So when, when was the, when was that? What year was that in?
1: Uh, I think he shared the video. It's on his channel. I'll probably, I'll send you the, the, the link for it, but, um, it's still on I there. Gonna, I want to say it's like, I am da- going to
0: search his, uh, his Gary Vee, uh, search engine to see ju- if I uh, find it.
1: Well, you could just type in, I think Gary V chase Jarvis. And I think the title of the video is daily V and I think it's the internet changed everything or something like that. And like the featured image is him and chase like sitting on a stage, but you know, you can see the video and see it for, see it for yourself, and just see him just skewer me to 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 no end. But again, all, not not in a malicious way, but in a way right. that the and you know, a, a lot of people said to me, they're like, you know, you're sharing your story with a guy, and the guy's coming up with a solution for you in five minutes. So it's 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 interesting because it's like it's like me giving you a dish giving you a piece of it, telling you to give me your thoughts on it, and you're only basing your thoughts on one piece of the dish. Right. If you eat the whole dish, your opinion may change completely. You may get different flavor profiles, different combinations. You may not realize that maybe you needed to put this sauce or mix it with this. You're you're not going to know that because you're basing it off one bite. Right. And that's kind of, you know, as I started coming to those realizations, it made my interaction with him. Don't get me wrong. You know, I still respect what he does i still like his content but I, what i did was i used something that he said in many of his videos he goes listen man don't sit here and watch my crap and listen to my crap and buy my books go out there and do And that's what i just Absolutely. did i went out there and, and just i kept doing don't get me wrong i'll check in and i'll you know the occasional video and the occasional you know post and i still read a lot of his stuff and i follow d-rock and those guys because you never know you never like think about it if I would have punched out on my interaction with him, I wouldn't have been in Drock's thread and again, we wouldn't be speaking. So see how it's, see how weird it is? Oh, 100%. And I'm, I'm
0: I'm kind of in that not necessarily the exact same boat, but in the boat of I just absorbed all of his content for like, you know, 6 to 8 months straight. Yep. Just every single day. He was in my ear. And then finally he said something and I don't remember exactly what he said or what video it was. But his casu- his you know, his continuous lineup. Just do. Stop making excuses and just do. Yep. And then that's when I started the podcast. I was like, okay, that's it. And so since then, since then, I haven't listened to a, a single episode of his since, yep. just because I've been constantly working and constantly trying to make and constantly doing this podcast.
1: That's it. And there's
0: there's so much truth in that just simple sentence of just do. Yep. I mean, because every other excuse in the world goes away. 100%. I, like, you know, I need to get down there. I need to do it because before then it was, I don't know if I'm going to be any good at this. I don't know if anybody's going to listen. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter if it's something you want to do and it's going to make you happy. Go for it. Yep. Worry about making money later down the road? Even if you want, if you want to, you don't necessarily even have
1: to. Well, the thing about it is that, and that was the whole thing, it, the definition of money. And he said, he said it once and a couple of other people said it. Sometimes you want to be the number one guy at Facebook, but guess what? The number five guy is probably just as happy.
0: Absolutely. And and you have
1: to, you have to come to that realization. What, where do you want to be? And and I said to myself, yeah, you know what? I love to do this full time. Great. But doing this for as long as I have, no lie has afforded me and let me see some amazing things.
0: Absolutely. It's the, the things that the money ne- can't necessarily buy. That's the ex- right. The experiences you gain through doing what you're doing is I, just priceless.
1: Yep. I went from a kid reading about Toy Fair to a guy covering Toy Fair.
0: Exactly. That's uh-huh. So, what is your, I mean, is this what you do full, is this your full time professional career or is there a different, you know, quote unquote nine to five that yeah, you go to I, every
1: day? Yeah, I have a, a regular nine to five. I work for a, for a, I, am a remote employee for a company that's based out of Atlanta, uh, that used to be here in New York. And for whatever reason, you know, they've, they've changed owners and everything else. And I still have a job, so I guess I'm doing something right, you know? (laughs) And, um, I've been, I've been with them for 19 years. And, um, like I said, during that 19 year journey, 13 have been, you know, pounding, pounding the stones to, grow my take radio into rage works the Ra- rage works into the rage works podcast network so that's, that's the, it it kind of just runs together and again you know the, the, the i went from worrying about oh i'm going to turn this into a full-time job to i'll get there when i get there but and and i'm going to share this with you and and your audience i also said to myself i'm like i'm going to you know i turn i turn 40 next year and i said to myself I got to put foot to gas and either put more energy into this to make sure that it can get to that next level. Or if not, I got to scale back and then just remove certain aspects of it from like, don't get me wrong. I'd still be running like the network and stuff like that, but I just wouldn't, you know, just be writing content and going to all these events and stuff. Because at that point you got to just, you got to, you know, again, uh, you got to shit or get off the pot, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. You're either you're you know, a thousand, 100% all the way in yep. or you need to scale it back to where it's manageable. Right, exactly. Yes, and I, I, that's that's something that, you know, tends to strike with a lot of people is that, you know, oh, well, I'm going to start it off as, you know, just as a little side hustle. And then when it gets to that point, they can't see the jump diving all in. Yep. So then they back out and either... Keep going as a hobby or they just drop it all together and they never know what that could have been.
1: Right. And that's exactly it. You have to, and, and even still, it's like, you don't have to be married to it where you're eat, sleeping and breathing it. Like again, like a podcast. It's like, if you're doing a podcast, you're recording it for an hour once a week or mm-hmm. every two weeks or every month. And those are things that you have to kind of compartmentalize where let's say, You release a show every two weeks. Then, you know, every two weeks, people are counting on you to release that content. You release it and you go about your business. And that's it. You know, you promote it as, as well as you can. I always tell people to automate a lot of their stuff. Um, usually whether it's, you know, using services like Buffer or Social Bee, because again, that you social media shouldn't become the end all be all either. The only thing I tell people is to always make sure you respond to your comments, both good and bad, or, you know, just make sure that you're active enough in your community and the communities that surround you to help grow your business. But don't don't be don't you know, don't check Instagram every hour. Go outside and eat, a, eat eat a meal, you know. Spend time with your family. Don't neglect your kids. Don't neglect your wife, you know. Things like that, because th- that support system. If you put a if you put a bullet in that support system, guess what? When it when the when the business side gets hard, no one's going to be there to pick you up.
0: Exactly, and that's. Gosh, that's just that's so powerful that you know you just need to really take an inward look on you and do what's right for you.
1: Yep. But it's crazy, right? I bet you. I bet you when we were talking about this and we were messaging back and forth, you didn't think it would take take this kind of a turn, huh?
0: Oh, 100% not. I was, <laughs> I was not thinking that at all. And it's, it's it's crazy that, you know, even like at one point, you know, I was I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, I don't know how this is going to work in the show, but then I was like, "You know what?" That's when I messaged you back and I was like, I'm gonna make it work. We're going to roll with it. Yep. Just because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to uncover. You never know what you're going to discuss until you get there. And I never, I don't want to live a life where I'm like, oh, you know, I should have done this or I could have nope. done this and it would have gone that way. I want to be like, oh, I did all these things. 98% of them ended terribly, but I got so much value and I learned so much from those 98 terrible things. That the other two were amazing.
1: Yep. You always got to look at it like I always joke about it. Somebody shared this with me years ago and they were like, you know, you got to look at your life as a movie. My life is good, but the special effects are awesome. And that's, (laughs) that's, that's how you got to look at it. Like, yeah, the story's all right. But you know, it's everything that comes with it. That that's the best part.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, I want to get a little, a little technical. Shoot. Um, what was that process like? I know you started your first podcast back in what two thousand six. You said, "Yep." What was that like starting a podcast? I mean, Man. not knowing anything. <laughs> I'm in the exact same boat, and I know it's crazy. It's a little scary, very nerve wracking, and you never know if what you're doing is going to turn out great.
1: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there first: is that people get stuck in gear acquisition syndrome and a lot of paralysis analysis. So when I, when I say that I say like, all right, you want to start a podcast. You basically need a mic, a software to edit it, maybe, and a place to put it. That's it. And Uh, once, once you look at those three, those three, those three, uh, points, you ask yourself, okay, I need a mic. Do I have money for a mic? What kind of mic do I want? what kind of mic Mm -hmm. do I need? And I tell people, well, here's a thought. You could record your entire podcast as a voice memo on your phone.
0: And no lie. That was my first two episodes. There you go. I have, I have to go back and find the exact clip because I want to post it on on my social. Yep. When I I just remembered it was Gary said, somebody asked Gary, you know, same exact story. Oh, I want to do this. I want to start this podcast. And he was like, what's your excuse? Go home, Record a voice memo, post it on Anchor. Done. Yep. I never heard about Anchor until that day. Yep. And then I was like, okay. So I went and I was—I felt like he was talking to me. And I went home, grabbed my phone, recorded a four and a half minute episode, and to Anchor. And the rest is where I'm at now. Two and a half months later.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly it. So that—that's that's point number one. Point number two is obviously you got the gear. You, you know how you record it what it's and obviously what it's going to be about and where you're going to put it the what it's going to be about i tell people it's like listen find yourself figure out what you want to talk about and you have to remember that you're not it's not going to click i always give people 10 episodes i tell people all the time listen if you can't make 10 episodes don't podcast don't waste (laughs) no one's time don't waste your own time because here's what happens Think about when you're watching a show and it debuts in the fall and the premiere and you watch it and it's good. And then all of a sudden the ratings aren't great and they cancel it. And you say to yourself, damn, that show was good. I like this. This was awesome. This and this and this. Well, you know, 1.2 million other people didn't feel the same way, but guess what? There were 50 people that did. And this goes back to what I tell people with a podcast, you know, when people are like, yeah, you know, I'm not getting hundreds of downloads, blah, blah, blah. I'm getting whatever. And, And they'll be like, you know, I got 25 and I go, how many times can you say you had an entire room full of 25 people hooked on your every word? You mm-hmm. let me know, you know what I mean? Like, like where are you that you have 29 people eating out of your hand that on un, that unless you work in an office or you're a manager or whatever, but if you're just a regular nine to five or clunk punching type of a person, where, wh- where's it happening? Where are you talking to 25 people that, that genuinely want to hear what you have to say? Every week, every two weeks, every month, whatever. Where are you going to find them? Let me know.
0: Right. So, right. where are you going to find people nowadays, especially to take that hour, however long, out of their busy day? Uh
1: huh. So,
0: let you fill their heads.
1: Yep. And that's where I always tell people, like, you have to respect your audience because you're being piped into people's commutes, people's offices, people's workouts, whatever the case may be. And you have to respect the fact that. If HBO postponed Game of Thrones and didn't tell you, you'd be pissed off. So if you're not going to record that week, it's your job to tell your audience in somehow, some way that you're not recording that week. Yeah. So that's the, the, the last part and where you put your podcast. Like for me, I remember I, I started you, I started with Libsyn, which is a company that's still in business, which is one of the few companies I recommend when people want to host their podcast. I go, listen, just put it on Libsyn. They do everything else for you. You get, they get you on iTunes, they do all this stuff and then, you know, you go from there and there's other companies that do it also, Blueberry, other ones, but Libsyn worked for me. You can try whichever one you wish, you know, anybody that's getting into it, but what happened with Libsyn was I outgrew it once we had the network. So I went to Spreaker because they're very network friendly and that's where I am currently. But again, you don't got to go so crazy. You could get the smallest Libsyn plan, which is $10 a month. And you don't even have to get like a full website. You could buy a domain, ten dollars a year, so put that on a on a WordPress dot com site, which is just a regular WordPress dot com and take the uh the HTML for your player for your podcast and put it on the site. You're done.
0: Are you and yeah, and there's even so I use Anchor, which is free. Yep. And you can, I recorded my voice memos, uploaded it, and boom, it was on Anchor. And then the next day, boom, it was on Spotify. Boom, it was on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You name it, it's everywhere. And it was so simple and easy to use. I did did the first two episodes spending $0. There
1: you go. So that's where, you know, in terms of technical, that's where it was. When I started in 2006, I had a Logitech headset mic and... I recorded right into Audacity, which is free. I knew nothing about editing, nothing. There was all the pauses, all the ums, all the crutch words, all the you know what I'm saying and all that stuff. All of it was there. All of it was there for God knows how many episodes. And as I learned about editing and learned about little things, I'm like, all right, I could trim here. I could do this. And then that became a little bit more... Uh, robust and then years later, like, I, I don't use Audacity as much now. I use a, a software called Hindenburg Journalist. Um, because it's, uh, it has a lot of tools and a lot of things that are very podcaster friendly. Like, you can automatically level your audio. You can do what's called non-destructive editing, which means that let's say you delete something. On a, on a on an audio track, all you have to do is drag the cursor to restore the, what you deleted, instead of having to hit undo three or four or five times to bring it back. So <laughs> right. so and then things
0: all the other editing stuff right three or four times.
1: Yep. So so things like that, you know, just improving the toolkit little by little. Um, in terms of microphone, like I said, I went from a headset mic to a Blue mic to a Blue Snowball, then a Blue Yeti, then the ATR twenty one hundred. And, you know, I'm using a road cat, a road, a road, roadcaster currently. And, uh, same thing with the mixers, you know, well before mixers, everything was just recorded straight into the computer and hope for the best. And over time, you know, I had a, a, a big mixer and a noise gate and all this stuff. And then I ended up selling all of it and just getting a road, a roadcaster pro because I said to myself, you're spending a little more money, but you eliminate so much equipment. Because of it, that it just made it a no brainer, right? Makes it so
0: simple, and that's, you know, that's something that a lot of businesses, not even just podcasts, will start out with. You know, if you want to start with, you know, an online retail shop, where you need to, like you said, make your WordPress and find some products, and then you slowly grow and mature from there. Whereas a lot of people get stuck on the fact that they need the very best right out the gate. Yep. It's like, no, you don't. You you need something to get you going, and then you can figure everything out along the way.
1: Yep. Gear acquisition syndrome. And like I said, paralysis analysis, you know, let me ask this person. Let me ask that person. Oh, what do you think of this? Before you've said you've just wasted two hours asking people over the course of a week, should you or shouldn't you, let's say, start a podcast when you could have gone to three most trusted people, get what you're going to get. Maybe it costs you 15 minutes and that's time you could have spent recording or watching YouTube videos to learn or reading a book. About whatever it is you want to do. Instead, like I said, paralysis analysis. Let me ask, you know, my mom, my dad, my grandmother, my cousin, my guy, my friends at work. It's like when it's all said and done, that's time wasted from you doing what it, whatever it is you wanted to do. Right. That's
0: that's so true. The best thing anybody can ever do for whatever it is that they want to start or get into is just do. Yep. You know, lay all the excuses aside. Just do and figure it out as you kind of fall down the hill.
1: And I tell people, give yourself micro goals. Like I said, once you get past five episodes on a show, then all right, like the next goal is to record 10. Once you get 10 podcasts in the books, you know, and you start just engaging and seeing what the, where where that those numbers are coming from. And that's the other thing, too. If you're not active and you're not reaching out and you're not doing audience outreach and you're not being active enough to where people want to engage with you. Then you're not, you know, you're not, you're not ahead of the curve. I mean, tell people, hey, you know, you like this show. You got any questions? Email me. You want to be a guest? Here I am. You want to join my Facebook group or message me on Instagram or whatever? Here I am. All the links. Make sure all your social stuff is in there. Because at the end of the day, people will want to connect with you because we are all creatures of habit. You know what I mean? I mean, our ancestors were in tribes. Nobody ever accomplished anything alone.
0: Absolutely. And you can you can get through life alone, but it's much, much easier to yep. find people to help you.
1: And even and even going one step further, like you just said, yeah, you can get through life alone. And that's true. But you got to remember, you're not necessarily alone, because when you applied for that job, somebody saw something in you that said you're a good fit.
0: Hundred So
1: you're not, quote unquote, alone. Yes, you're not you're not, you know, surrounded by X, Y and Z. But Still, that person took a gamble on you.
0: Yeah, that that person saw something in you yep. at that point in time and was like, you know what? Let's believe in him and let's roll with it.
1: Yep, exactly. So and this goes back to the whole, you know, the whole tribal nature. And don't get me wrong. I'm not telling people to run out there and become friends with everybody and do, you know, singing in the rain with with a bunch of people. <laughs> but just make sure that you value and you cultivate a support system that's a means to an end. In in other words, it's like you have people that are going to become sometimes your biggest confidants, your strongest advocates, and you may have never met them because that's where technology has taken us.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so what – I want to kind of get back to more of a culture and ecosystem. So here in Baton Rouge, it is so very different than what at least we've heard of in new york so fast-paced everybody's running everywhere 24 7 100 what is that true like is that you know obviously it has some truth because you told us that you know you sleep on you live on four hours of sleep and then you're up and you're rolling yeah i so, mean
1: i mean right what now is it like? so right now uh, i'll give i'll give the audience a, an easy example it is 10 p.m here uh right now currently um after we're finished recording i'll go upstairs we'll put my daughter to bed and watch some tv my wife will fall asleep and i'll come downstairs figure it's 12 1 a.m um i will get dressed and i will go to the gym to train uh which is a 24 hour gym go train at that gym figure till two three o'clock maybe i'll stop and grab some food mind you there'll be like a halal restaurant or or something open at 3 a.m. selling food <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, if I if I want to go and do be a little cleaner, there's a supermarket that's open 24 hours. Just go grab my groceries, go home and um, that's it. Come home and go to sleep and start it again the next day. And the reason I say this is because New York is fast paced because New York is it's no joke. It doesn't sleep. Yeah. You can wake up. You can wake up at 2 a.m. and say, "I want a hamburger," and there might be a McDonald's that's open 24 hours that you can go and get a burger.
0: Wow! So it's it's a, a city that never sleeps, and it's true to its nature.
1: It's true to its nature in certain aspects, meaning like Manhattan, which you know we call the city. Um, you know, the the Manhattan's always lit. Like, there's always something to do. There's places you to go. There's all kinds of, of activities, depending on what it is you're into. As you come further out, like I said, into some of the outer boroughs, uh, results may vary depending on what it is. Cause it's always very location based. It's like living in Louisiana. Obviously, you know, like if you're, if you're in New Orleans and you're doing stuff, you know, New Orleans is going to be at, jumping at 2 a.m., you know, but maybe <laughs> if you go. But if you go further out into Louisiana, it might be a place where all the stores close at nine o'clock.
0: Right. Gosh, that's so true.
1: So that's kind of it's the same thing, but it's just there's there's so much more of it in volume in New York that that's how it goes.
0: Wow. So what what is your your next few years look like ahead of you as far as the, the Rageworks Network and your regular nine to five?
1: Uh well, my regular nine to five um has afforded me some incredible work life balance as of late uh because now that I work from home after because originally when my company relocated to Atlanta, they moved us to a satellite office. And working in the satellite office we used to joke about that we were on death row. Because, you know, it's a satellite office. You know, somebody could wake up and say, Why do why are we paying these guys? Why are we paying rent there? (laughs) Like that's all it takes. All it takes is that one guy to wake up and go we spent how much on rent for an office for what? Four people? Why? And that's it. So um, they decided, you know, we had a new CEO come in at the time and he came, he did a visit to our office. And after the guy left, we we knew, we're like, they're not going to keep this open. Then it just was a matter of, okay, if they're not going to keep it open, are we going to become remote employees or are we going to get the boot? You know? So, right. you know, they closed, they didn't renew the lease. They closed the office down and we started working from home and shortly after you know my my daughter was born and the thing about it was that in terms of work-life balance that was huge because i got to be present for a lot of stuff which obviously you work in a nine-to-five sometimes you're not there for those things you know like i wake up every morning i'll punch in you know i'll log into my work computer to start work and when my daughter wakes up we'll have breakfast you know, like that's you can't put a You can't put a price tag on that. So in terms of where I want to be in the future, I definitely don't see myself being where I am currently, not because of the there's because of the job itself, but just because I kind of reached the ceiling of opportunity as a remote employee. So it's like you're not gonna get promoted to X if you're not in the office, you know. So yeah, right, yeah. So so in terms of that, yes, you know that that's probably that's probably gonna be something that's gonna happen. And I also feel that like anything else, there's a level of complacency. You know, I've been I've been there 19 years. That affords me certain freedoms and certain things. But eventually, the the biggest freedom you can have is more money in your pocket, which you know they're not they're not really forthcoming with so you gotta say to yourself, all right, what move am I gonna make? So if I do have to continue doing a quote unquote nine to five job, I'd like to do one where I still have some sort of a of a healthy work life balance. That's that's number one. Um with regards to rageworks, I just wanna just wanna keep growing. Just wanna keep giving people uh you know non non fluffy content Like I always tell people, like, listen, you want a a, a seven thousand page review on on an iPad? Go to the Verge. If you want a review that'll tell you in ten minutes if it's a piece of crap or not, then come to us. Right, you know that's it. And (laughs) and 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 as for the network itself, you know, I want to keep giving people opportunities, paying it forward if they if they're willing to work hard and put in the work, and just foster more opportunities. I mean, a lot of my guys that came in. Their shows, they're they're getting you know a couple decent number of downloads per episode. They're they're working like a, one of the guys that he does a wrestling podcast. So when he goes to independent wrestling shows, like people listen to the podcast, so they know him. And he's like, yeah, hey! you know. So that's so I want to keep creating awesome moments like that. I mean, you know, we had a uh, a F- Rage Works turned five on in August, and you know, I had a a barbecue for my staff while well, those that lived here in New York. And they came over, we had some food, and it was just good to break bread and look back on the five years, how far we've come, what these guys are doing. And as somebody who's watching it unfold, going back to what I said before, had I pulled the plug on that, these are things I wouldn't see. Right. So that's all I want to keep doing. I want to just keep growing and and finding a niche where my content resonates with people in such a way where you know, it's, they go, Hey, you know, let's go and check out what they wrote about this, or, Hey, let's check out the podcast they did about this. Like, that's it.
0: That's incredible. So what starting to kind of wind down and wrap up, what yep. are some words of wisdom that you would give to young entrepreneurs, whether that be young in age or young in the process?
1: Oh, that's, that's an easy one. Listen, uh, the toughest part is that no matter how many friends you have on Facebook and Instagram, Not everyone's going to support what you do. Not everyone's going to care about what you do. And you have to accept that. You know, like, you can't expect your, if you have 300 friends on Facebook, sure. And I said this once, I'm like, if every person who I'm friends with on Facebook gave a dollar every every month, that's $300 a month to cover grow, you know, running my site and running my brand and everything. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when, when I tell people that I tell them, I'm like, don't expect nothing from anybody. Don't expect no handouts. Don't expect no free rides, do no harm, but take no shit. Wow. That's that's that, that's, that's it. You know, go out there, pay it forward, bring value, be the person that when you walk into a room, the room lights up, you know, that people want to talk to you, that people want to engage with you. Because that's the only way that anything you do is ever going to stick.
0: Right. Be that be that good hearted person that everybody is just naturally drawn to.
1: That's it. Not, and and, and good hearted doesn't mean soft. Anything. Right. Good hearted right. doesn't mean soft. It doesn't mean, you know, um, there's a, a power lifter, his name is Mark Bell. He's like we he's like strength is not a weakness and weakness is not a strength. And it's true that, that there's there's ways around it where you have to look at what you do and you got to make sure, like I said, you bring value. You, you do things that make people want to deal with you, want to work with you. And, and the only other piece of actionable advice I tell people is just conduct yourselves ethically. That's it. You know, the, remember everything that you're putting on social media, everything that you're putting out there is going to live on forever. So that one trollish comment you think you wrote with your real Facebook name on an account for somebody, guess what? That's gonna live in the ether forever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's gonna come back. And you gotta ask yourself, do you, do you want your son or your daughter to read that, you know, Wow, my dad called this person this, you know, like like or <laughs> wow, you know,
0: my dad was a really terrible person on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that people just they fail to comprehend, or they go by the old, oh man, it's the internet, nothing is serious. I'm like, nope, that's not the point because everything you're doing is archived somewhere.
0: Hundred percent every every action that is done online, and even nowadays in person is going to resonate with somebody and stick with them forever, yeah. whether it sticks with you or not.
1: Yep. And the only other, and and I say this in a lighthearted sort of way, embrace your, embrace your crappiness too. You know, if you're, if you're awkward and you're just not good with people and all that, then, then find ways to work past it that don't involve you having to do that. Maybe, maybe you want to be in a Facebook group because you can't go to a meetup. Maybe you right. uh, may, you know, maybe you just have difficulty communicating. maybe, Maybe you don't want to do YouTube content because you're just not comfortable looking at a camera. So guess what? Don't do it. That's the yeah. problem, too. Everybody's like, oh, I got to do it. No, you don't do a podcast <laughs> talking to a microphone. Nobody see your face forever. Yeah, if, that, if you if you want that, that.
0: That is that's something that that still kind of gets to me is, oh, I have to do this. No, you don't have to do anything. But as the as the saying goes is uh, die and pay taxes.
1: That's it. But the only but, thing I will say is that if those things are part of your, your process to a means to an end, meaning if you say, you know, I want to be a podcaster that's famous. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fame chasing podcaster, then you got to be on Facebook. You got to be on Twitter. You got to be on Instagram, but you also have to engage and bring value. That's it.
0: Absolutely. You have to give it forward and help other people before anyone's take is going to take a step back to look at you.
1: Nope. 100%.
0: Gosh. Wow. So, okay. Wow. This is, this was incredible. I really enjoyed this, um, rich. So what is, is there anything that I can do to help you in some way, shape or form?
1: Uh, the only thing you can do is, you know, take, take what we discussed, chop out the BS that, you know, that isn't applicable to you, take the nuggets that are and apply them to your podcast, your brand or whatever it is you want to do and go from there. And if you ever need anything, just drop me a line. That's it.
0: I love it. I love it, man. Well, Rich, thank you so much for being on the show. Everybody listening, thank you for taking the time out of your very busy day to listen. I know this wasn't a normal show, but I still think there was so much value packed into this episode. I mean, we covered so much. So thank you so very much, Ridge, uh, founder of Rageworks, yep. for coming on the show.
1: You got it. All right,
0: everybody. So catch you on the next one. Thank you so very much for listening to the Patty G Show. I appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day to give this show a listen. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us out, be sure to click that share button, like the Facebook page, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And with the show constantly growing, we are continuously looking for new guests to come on and share their unique story. If you or someone you know would be a perfect candidate for the show, be sure to reach out to us through the Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Show. And finally, I hope that this show inspires you in some way to get out of that everyday muck we call the comfort zone and try something new, whether that be starting a new business, or even taking up a new hobby. Just go on out there and give it a whirl. We got one life. Let's live it to the fullest we can. And if there is anything that I can do to help you with that, be sure to reach out to me through the Facebook page. I'm here to try and help as many people as I can get one step closer to achieving their goal. Now you go out and have a fantastic day. I'm Patty G. Thank you so very much for listening.